0: Welcome to the Bridgetown Church Podcast. For the month of May, we are honoring Asian American Pacific Islander Month. Each week, members of our church family will be sharing stories that acknowledge and celebrate AAPI history from their lived experiences and the world at large.
1: Hello, my name is Tiffany Flores. I am co-chair of the racial justice committee here at Bridgetown Church.
0: And my name is Kylie Logan. I'm on the Racial Justice Committee. I lead the Communications Subcommittee and I identify as
1: Chinese American. So May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month or AAPI. During the month of May, we'll have a series of five podcasts that are gonna celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander people in our church. So to kick us off um, with these podcasts, we wanted to start with a history of AAPI communities in Portland and how these communities have shaped our city. Kylie, can you tell us a little bit more?
0: Yeah, so Portland actually has a pretty rich history with different Asian communities. Um, Chinese people, mainly Cantonese Chinese people, started moving here in the mid-1800s. And at one point, Portland was home to the second largest Chinatown in the west coast of America. And um, the community was really growing. People were moving here to mine. Some people were merchants and were a bit more wealthy than the miners. Um, But things started growing really quickly and people were getting um, scared, I guess, of the rise in the Chinese community. And so there were also different acts of violence towards the Chinese community, like Uh, At one point, they burned down two Chinese buildings in the city. And um, there was also just other natural disasters, such as flooding and other fires that happened that displaced some of the Chinese community. Um, But in the late 1800s, the hostility towards Chinese Americans started to grow. And so the first act that was passed that targeted Chinese folks was in 1878, It was called the Page Act, and it banned the immigration of Chinese women who had quote unquote immoral character. And these women were made to um, prove in a court that they were not immoral, otherwise, they would face deportation. And that was a precursor to the 1882 Chinese Exclusion Act, which barred Chinese immigrants, period. And so at that point, the Chinese community stopped growing because there were these laws against. Bringing the men couldn't bring over their wives, and they weren't reproducing. So they, the community, actually dwindled from about ten thousand Chinese people in the Portland area to two thousand by nineteen fifty. Um, and during this time, there were also different laws where Chinese children couldn't attend public schools and different things like that. Um, There was even a massacre that happened a few years after this act was passed. So at the time, Chinese immigrants were a big part of the labor force in building the West, and they were willing to accept lower wages than other workers, and so people were hiring them at higher rates, which caused anger. And so um, there were seven mob people who massacred around 30 Chinese people in Hell's Canyon, or um, it's also called Chinese Massacre at Deep Creek, and this event after the trial in 88, which no one was ever convicted, even after a confession, um, they didn't convict anybody, Um, but this event was pretty buried in history and wasn't resurfaced until 1995 when a Wallawa County clerk discovered hidden trial documents, and the massacre actually wasn't even officially recognized or memorialized until the 2000s,
1: um, which is kind of crazy. I didn't, I didn't know about that until recently. Yeah, I didn't know about that event either. And I think it's also called the Massacre at Snake River. And Snake River is someplace that I went to within the past few years to go fly fishing. And just to think about that, that landscape and it being so close to Portland and what that must have been like, um, and then just having it all buried up for years, decades, and no one really doing anything about it, yeah, it's kind of crazy, um, how little
0: I even knew about the the history of Asians in the West. It just isn't talked about a lot, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, but yeah, there's also uh, so that's like a lot of of the Chinese history, which. Also, the Exclusion Act, um, which I forgot to mention, it wasn't repealed until 1943, which is actually really recent. Um, And around that time as well, Portland had a pretty thriving Japanese community. Um, A lot of Japanese people moved here for similar job opportunities, and they also had um, a thriving community. But uh, after the bombing of Pearl Harbor in 1943, Things changed really drastically for Japanese people. Uh, President Roosevelt signed the Executive Order 9066, which led to the evacuation and internment of thousands of Japanese Americans. Um, They were rounded up out of their homes, and actually uh, the Expo Center here in Portland held 3,676 Japanese Americans. Um, They were detained there until they were sent to internment camps in neighboring states. And when they were released in 1945 and came back to their homes, they found most of their belongings gone, including their residences and their businesses um,
1: from a once really thriving Japanese community. So we read a lot of the same articles and documents and things before we are having this discussion. And I was so surprised that the Expo Center was a place where Japanese Americans were detained here in Portland. And I think just knowing these places where we go and see every day as having such a dark history brings it really closer to home, um, the detainment of Japanese Americans in the West, in the United States. Yeah, and it's so recent, too.
0: Like, I know somebody who's Japanese American, and they were sharing with me how their mom was a part of one of these camps and that it was something that um, she had, like, talked about with them. And that's so crazy just to think that it's something that we did here in the United States too. Like, you think mm. of, like, Nazi Germany, but it's like, wow, we did really round up an entire ethnic group and put them in internment camps on our soil very recently. That's And then we just incredible. don't talk about
1: it very much. Mm-hmm. So what can you tell us about other AAPI communities? Obviously, um, Chinese and Japanese communities were some of the largest here in Portland and have some of the most um, history. But there's a lot of other people groups and countries represented here in Portland. So what are some of those other communities?
0: Yeah, so it turns out that actually Native Hawaiians were some of the earliest AAPI people to um, be here. They were um, actually taken from their islands and brought to Oregon before Oregon was a state as part of the fur trade. So ships would stop in Hawaii and pick up Hawaiian men and bring them as laborers as part of the fur trade. Um, So they were some of the earliest. That's amazing. Yeah. And then... There was also a pretty large community of Indian um, men who came over to work um, at various uh, like canneries and stuff. So a lot of them were in St. John's area and Astoria. Um, That was in the early 1900s, and they were uh, targeted in a sense. Like I guess in 1907 in Boring, there was an incident. Um, A man was killed in a hate crime. And then in St. John's, there was also a lot of targeting towards Indians, um, and they were referred to as Hindus, which was a derogatory term um, in, like, newspapers and stuff. So they—yeah, I guess there was, like, less of an acceptance of them Mm -hmm. being here than some of the other groups. Um, It's really interesting trying to sum up AAPI history in Oregon because— AAPI is such a diverse grouping. Um, each community has such a different experience and a unique history in Oregon, and they've all contributed to Oregon history in such different ways that it's kind of hard to sum everything up um, and celebrate them as a whole. It almost It's almost like they each need their own
1: <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but, it's a yeah. huge umbrella mm-hmm. to cover many different communities. So Kylie, I'm not from Portland, and neither are you. You're from Utah, I'm from New Mexico, which has very different representation. So when I moved here, one of the most surprising things to me was um, how many Chinese and Japanese and Hawaiian and Indian um, businesses and restaurants and celebrations there are here. And it seems that these communities uh, are... um, really well represented now, at least to me, coming from uh, a not Portland background or not even really far West Coast. Um, how did we get to where we are today in Portland? And what? where are we in Portland right now? Uh, where is the AAPI community?
0: Yeah, so after Japanese Americans were allowed to return to their homes, uh, Portland became rather friendly with Japanese culture. And Portland actually became an official sister city of Sapporo, Japan in 1958. And so uh, Sapporo sent over some different landscapers who were experts and they built the, Jap- the Portland Japanese Gardens, which are a really big part of like our tourist, tourism and our culture here. And they even imported a tea house there that was built in Japan and then reassembled here in the late 60s, which is super cool. Um, So yeah, you walk around downtown and you see a lot of Japanese businesses and Chinese businesses that are thriving. And then you've also got the Jade District in East Portland that is um, a very diverse Asian community. You have Vietnamese, Chinese, Korean um, mm-hmm. restaurants out there, and uh, yeah, there a lot of Asian people live in that area and um, run those businesses.
1: Yeah, so I just moved out to the Jade District um, from Beaverton, and in both of those communities, which are kind of outside of the city, there's really big um, and diverse Asian populations out there and communities. Uh, and I think that points back to the history in Portland as well of the displacement and how, as these communities were displaced from Portland, they started to move to the edges and and kind of outside the city uh, limits.
0: Yeah, it does feel like there is this sort of like push-pull nature with uh, the history of the Asian community in Portland where it's like, we support you, we don't, we support you, we don't. And I feel like right now we're in this moment where, uh, yeah, I feel like there is more support for the Asian community. And even in the larger culture, um, there's more media coming out featuring Asian leads. And so I think um, there is like this celebration of Asian culture in Portland. I feel it when I go to these different Asian businesses. And so I think, yeah, I think that that is like a cool uh, overcoming of some of our history, even though not everything is like perfect and you can see some of the um, ways that, that the Asian community
1: has been displaced, for example, but mm-hmm. yeah. So when you talk about more modern times uh, in Portland for the API community, what comes to mind for me is obviously the stories about Asian hate and the rise in kind of fear and Uh, animosity uh, towards Asian Americans uh, during the pandemic in 2020 and 2021. How has that been in Portland? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, It's it's the
0: first time that I've felt a sense of unsafety for my race as an Asian American. um, I, I had felt this like sense of looking over my shoulder that I hadn't felt before. Um, I remember hearing on the news that there was an Asian woman at a bus stop in Foster Powell area. And this man came up and assaulted her and was yelling racial slurs at her and blaming her for the virus. And so I think that um, it's interesting, yeah, just like not knowing where I stand in with Portland being such a progressive city. It's interesting that like, uh, yeah, a city that's very upfront anti-racist, the back end is like, oh, there's still a lot of uh, undealt with racism in the city.
1: Yeah. And I think that that points back to the racist history and systems in Portland where uh, a lot of people would probably not think that Portland has uh, racism or um, because it's such a progressive city but it really is a deep root within the state and and we still experience that right
0: yeah I would even go as far to say that I feel like the enemy has such a stronghold over Portland and over Oregon that is rooted in a lot of racism Um, I feel like so many other different uh, people of color and communities of color have experienced pretty extreme racism in Portland. And um, even looking at it now, it's like Portland is arguably the whitest city in America. And that doesn't just happen by accident. It was crafted to be that way. And I think that, um, you know, when the scripture says, we don't war against flesh and blood, I really do think that they're like, powers behind that, that we have the opportunity to speak against as the church in Portland.
1: That is a really good segue into um, why we're doing these podcasts, why Bridgetown Church cares about AAPI Month or um, any other racial tensions that exist within our city, and um, reconciliation. The goal of the racial justice committee at Bridgetown is to create a sustainable structure for fostering racially and ethnically and culturally inclusive um, and equitable practices within all aspects of Bridgetown Church. So as we start to listen to the stories of our brother and sisters in Christ and in our church, we really want to be moved to understanding and empathy and to celebrate with them when they celebrate and to weep with them when they weep to really be that family of Christ for each other Um, and I think that that happens through listening and it starts with listening so Kylie thank you so much for sharing thank you for sharing the history of uh, Portland and your own experience as well
0: thanks Tiffany yeah Bridgetown is a multi-ethnic body of Christ and there are um, different API members of our church body, and I'm really excited to hear more from them as we move through the month of May and just hear different stories. I think that, yeah, like you said, listening is gonna be a big part of uh, reconciliation in the body of Christ is just hearing um, different stories and being able to celebrate with
1: people um, who aren't exactly like us. So look forward to those stories and more coming in the month of May there'll be a new podcast every monday.
0: Thank you for listening. To learn more about AAPI history, Oregon's racist past, and Bridgetown's vision for the future, visit bridgetown.church/justice.